Hey guys, welcome to The Currents Podcast. I'm Faith. I'm Richard. And I'm Franco. We will be exploring the Bible at our current level of understanding. And we invite you on this journey with us. Hey everyone. We are back again. We are back. We are back. We are back. And guys, we're glad to be back. I don't think you can say we're glad to be back more than that. Or maybe you could, but we won't um, annoy you like I am myself right now. So, guys. And having been with us again. Hey, guys. What a pleasure. All the new listeners coming in because they want to listen to the mighty great Ben Kumar because (laughs) he's been like mind-blowing everyone. Yes. We are like. Dying in our seats yeah. and just like talking in between episodes. Dying like, we need to save that for the episode. Yeah. <laughs> so it is good to be back. We are um, hoping that you guys are all well. Mm-hmm. Um, we were just talking about when we're going to be releasing these episodes mm-hmm. in the context of time. Mm-hmm. We're going to try and get these out um, weekly, as, hopefully. As you might have noticed. <laughs> yeah, so that, um, oh yeah, true, because we're on the third episode yeah. now. But um, yeah, so that way you're not waiting two weeks per time mm-hmm. because I don't know about you, but I'm just, I'm loving having these conversations 100%. one after the other, so I and wouldn't ju- want to wait. Yeah, and just to mention that Richard is sadly not with us again. Yeah. But yeah, I hope he's um, yeah had a lot of fun and we'll um, hopefully do an episode soon with him. Uh, which yeah. should hopefully be the, the next one of the following. So that'd yeah, be good. Yeah, definitely. To have him back. Um, and depending on when this episode is streamed, guys, if stir hasn't happened, mm-hmm. make sure you register. Yes. Don't miss it. We'll be on like the last couple of days. Literally, on, the 7th and the 8th of July. Go and buy your tickets. Buy it for someone because, yes. guys, a move of God is going to happen. And Let's go. we're anticipating great things. And mm-hmm. we'll be doing a live podcast recording, Woo! so get ready for it. But we are back with the mighty, amazing, loving, incredible, funny, sometimes <laughs> really, really silly and concerning Ben Kimmer. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. Appreciate it. I've really, really enjoyed these uh, podcasts. So feel very honoured to come along. And like I've said to you as well, Faith, I've wanted to do this for ages. So, yeah, thanks for having me. No yeah, worries. Welcome. It's fun. So the first two episodes have been a lot. Yep. Uh, and it's they're good. still going to be a lot because this is the Word of God and there's, yeah, well, there's power and truth in it all. So Yep, abundant um, wisdom. So much abundant wisdom. Practical yeah. wisdom. Yes. Which I think is what we're going to go into now is, yes. is just practically what is it, um, look like, or even just come to the reason of what it what it means. Yeah, yeah. yeah it'd be good to have a look at just a bit of the context of why Paul yeah. says be transformed, mm. the renewing your mind. One thing I'll say is this before we start yeah. is that many people try to walk in the spirit by just attempting to walk in the spirit, mm. and they can't discern the difference between what's their flesh, what's this, what's their soul, what's God. How do I know if I'm walking in the spirit? Should I feel a certain way? Yeah, and things like that. I think all that sort of thing is a byproduct or secondary to what the key is here Mm -hmm. and the key is to renew your mind Mm. and I'll be very confident to say through experience of about 15 years of trying to walk in the spirit Mm. and understanding what it means and reading books and things like that, you can't walk in the spirit until you renew your mind Mm. and so it'd be good to have a look at what it means to renew your mind. Love that. Ooh, you can't walk in the spirit until you renew your mind, hey Ben. (laughs) Yeah. 
What did you say? Spirit comes first because we are regenerated yeah. by spirits, and so then with that, we are able to renew our mind. Yeah, but you get to choose whether you walk by your spirit, the true you, or mm. by your flesh. Now, there isn't two natures in people. Mm. There's oh, one good. nature which is a spirit, mm. but then there's fleshly desires mm. and an unrenewed mind. And so you always walk according to the level of your renewal of mind. Ooh, guys, mm. quote that. Yeah, You'll that's always good. walk to the level of the re- the renewal of your mind. So if you try to walk in the spirit with no attempt to renew your mind as the way that Paul's talking about it now, mm. you'll you'll be very frustrated. And I can I'm speaking from experience. I'm here. discouraged. Yeah. Discouraged. Yeah. Yep. So we'll look mm. at practically how that works and what mm. to do. There's so many things about this because this gets really hard when you try to just to look in, inwardly. Solve it by yourself, yeah. Yeah, so if you're, you're trying to go, okay, I'm trying to look within myself. How do I walk in the spirit? <laughs> you're going to get confused. Hey, man, I know this. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> 100%. Well, let me put it, put it this way, right? Do you know you've never actually seen your face as it actually is? Mm, this is good. Faith. <laughs> it's going over my head. What? Um, like even if you look in the mirror, you're not seeing it how it actually is. Yeah, it's, you're seeing a reflection. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, okay. And then if there's a photo, you're only seeing a picture of it, right? Yeah. So you've never actually, oh, wow. You've never actually actually seen your face. As in, I've never seen my face and you've never seen your face. The idea is even if you look in the mirror, like. It's still a reflection. Well, the person you're looking at is a mirror in terms of when you put it in your left arm, it's your reflection's right arm. (laughs) So you've never actually seen yourself as you actually are because your Mm. eyes look forward. Yeah, that's good. And that's a good spiritual principle and truth. In the sense that you'll never truly know who you are in the spirit until you look into a mirror that shows you your spirit. Mm. Mm. And like James that. says that the scripture and the word of God is a mirror. Oh, that's true. That's good. Yep. So there's no point trying to know how to walk in the spirit and who you truly are without going into the mirror to show you who you truly are. You're never going to so, be able to look within yourself and go, this is my spirit. You've got to look in the mirror and the mirror will show you who you are mm. and you renew your mind to that and you walk according to that, mm. then you'll be able to walk in the spirit. Mm. But I think the key of what you just said is, correct me if I'm wrong, you said um, the mirror is the spirit and truth. Which is scriptures. Yes. Yeah, because that's what James says. It says uh, a person who hears a word and doesn't do it is someone who lo- looks in a mirror and then forgets what they look like as soon as they turn away. Mm. Yeah. James 2? Yeah, I think yeah. it's James 2, yeah. Okay, it's either James 1 or 2. The only yeah, reason yeah. I know this is because we did it in Bible study. We're yeah, that's like, right. We've been, we've been walking through James. It's yeah. good. Yeah. So the reason why I'm saying this is I was particularly frustrated in how to walk in the Spirit mm. because what I do is I try to walk in the Spirit and with the Lord and, mm. and try, to, try to do my life in the Spirit and then mm. I'd do something that wasn't in the Spirit but it felt right and yeah. then I got confused. I'm like, am I walking in the Spirit or am I walking mm. in my feelings kind mm. of thing? So. Mm. What, what allows me to walk in the spirit, Lord? Like, can mm. you show me? And I've come to realize through the scriptures, the word of God and experience that you cannot walk in the spirit unless your mind is renewed to mm. the scripture and you see who you are in the scripture and it's you good. go out in faith and walk that way. Mm. Mm. Yeah, This is the proper way of walking in the spirit rather than getting into this whole spiritual airy-fairy stuff. Yeah, We want to do it the scripture way, mm. not, the new, not the new age way. Yeah, mm. I like yeah. that. And I think so... And I don't know if this is that's where maybe pride comes in, in the sense of like even just to think of um, this guy that spoke at a conference we were all at, but he was talking about like um, uh, you've become prideful 
um, when you start praying less. Because I think we can get caught up in, because we can, quotation marks, know the truth in the Mm. sense of, again, going back to Levitical law or the laws of Moses where we're just doing stuff. But if it's not infused with spirit, then it's not necessarily going to be that mirror Paul and James are referring to. Does that? Do you get what I'm trying yeah, to say? Yeah, I think. I think. I, yeah, get what I want to say. So there are like, if you want to have a look at this perspective, the Pharisees did renew their minds to Scripture, right? But were they working? Were they walking in the Spirit? Yeah. Okay. Mm. Exactly. Yeah. So this is an important point to what Paul means to renew your mind. Yeah. Mm. Okay. So we, we need to look at okay, what is renewing your mind? What does it mean to be in the Word? Yeah. The Word of God. Okay. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times when we talk about the Word of God, we talk about the Bible as a flat thing. It's actually mm-hmm. not. Yeah, no. All right. So we need to. So let's go back a little bit and get a bit of context. Yeah, and, cool. Because the context itself will answer the questions, I think. All right. Yep. So when you look at the Book of Romans, it says that we are children of Abraham. Mm-hmm. All right. Why doesn't it say we're the children of Moses? Because that was cancelled. Yep. Oh well. If you're if you were referring to the covenants that we spoke about in episode one. Yeah. Yeah. I, I would say it's because of the promise that God made with Abraham that we that he will be this the father of, of uh, the nations. Like many the, nations. That's right. Yeah, yeah we father many nations. Yeah. So we've got this beautiful picture in the Old Testament where Abraham looks up in the sky and there's mm-hmm. these stars these bright stars are co- across a black pitch black backdrop, which mm-hmm. is the sky, right? Yep. Then you have the sand, which is millions and millions and millions of sand because yep. he lived in the desert. Yep. And so Abraham's getting this picture of what it's going to be like in the future. Mm. Now, when you're an Israelite person or a Jewish person, your interpretation of that scripture is that the Israel, the nation of Israel, who are the people of God, yep. the children of God, is what God was talking about when he made that promise to Abraham, mm. right? But when the Pharisees came to Jesus and said, our fa- we know who our father is, mm-hmm. Abraham, uh, because <laughs> physically goes, we came from that. Yeah, because this goes before Abraham or before Moses, I am, mm-hmm. right? And they also knew that he was born, Jesus was born. I think this is the reason why they said that mm-hmm. Jesus was born out of wedlock or mm-hmm. um, was born, because he was born a miracle. People thought Ooh. that Mary cheated. So he goes, we know oh, who just, our father is. Ah, oh, I yeah. did not really <laughs> so, like that. That's yeah, they, interesting. They say Jesus is a company. That's why they mm. couldn't take him seriously, right? Pharisee, because no, your father's the devil. That's what Jesus oh. says to him. <laughs> yep. Your father Satan who's been lying from the very beginning. It's like, whoa. Oof. But look, we're from Moses. We're from Jacob. We're from Israel. Yeah. Ethnically speaking, we're the people of God. Now, Paul the Apostle comes along who was a Pharisee of Pharisees and he mm. starts saying the same thing, saying, no, not Israel is all Israel. Mm. What are you talking about? Israel is a nation. So all Israel is Israel. And Paul was talking about spiritual children mm-hmm. who, one, would have faith of Abraham. Mm-hmm. So they use faith like Abraham did and it would be counted to them as righteousness. Mm-hmm. And two, just as Abraham's son Isaac was born of a miracle, mm-hmm. we too would be born of a miracle. That's good. So we're both like sons of Abraham, if that mm-hmm. kind of makes sense, right? Mm-hmm. And so Paul, Paul opens up Romans and says that, like you said before, faith that no one is righteous, no one is just. If you, Even if you are an Israelite, just because you're born under the law doesn't mean that you're righteous before God. Mm. There's a righteousness who, that comes apart from the law. Mm. And mm. Paul says, I'm not ashamed of this gospel mm. for it is the righteousness of God, right? That's good. Mm. From faith to faith, right? So it's a righteousness by faith, not by works. Yep. Now you've got to think about what that sounds like. And we kind of touched, this, touched on this a little bit to mm-hmm. someone who's a Jewish person. For 1,500 years, mm-hmm. God says, I've got an agreement with you. It's a marriage agreement. And they've had a history of their fathers and forefathers 
being unfaithful to God. And because of that reason, they were punished, mm. exiled into Babylon, yep. become slaves, mm -hmm. the punishment of God, all these prophets through the generations saying, come back to God, mm. the harlot that is Israel. Yeah. And then God wooing them back mm -hmm. and God, and God constantly calling them, but then going apart. And when they broke, God just said, said I had, I've had enough. Mm-hmm. You constantly disobey. You constantly go astray. Mm. This is your punishment. I gave you the blessings in Deuteronomy. Mm. I said, if you would keep them, I would bless you. Yep. You go in the field, you'd be blessed. You come inside, you'd be blessed. You, you wouldn't have any miscarriages. You'd mm. be, you'd be the, you would be the head, not the tail of every single mm. nation mm. if you just keep my law. Mm. But now yeah. you haven't. So this has been drummed yeah. into Jewish kids. When, like They've got to learn the Pentateuch, right, by the age of five. That's effectively. Crazy. Which is just insane, right? Yeah. 100%. I think it's like the I wanted to learn the penitentiary by five. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so constantly it's being drummed. And so what's being drummed to this righteousness comes through the law. Mm. Mm. Now all of a sudden you've got Jesus, mm -hmm. right, who says, I'm going to put an end to that covenant. You're like, you're going to put the end to what? We're in Roman occupation. Just before Jesus came on the scene, there were the Maccabees, mm -hmm. right? And the Maccabees, this, that was in the intertestamental period, which meaning yeah. from the book of Malachi to the book of Matthew, there was 400 years. Yeah. Just like Israel was stuck in Egypt for 400 That's years. Good. Whoa. Right? Okay. And in that 400 years, uh, the Maccabee brothers stood up to, I think it was Greek or Roman occupation. Mm -hmm. uh, one of the kings, I forget what his name was, Antiochus or something, slaughtered a pig on the altar, and which was such a yeah. sign of disrespect, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Blasphemy. Blasphemy. And so one of the brothers got up and killed that soldier and all of a sudden there was a revolt. And they made a commitment from that day that they would be strict adherents of the law. Mm. That's where the Essenes and the Pharisees came from. Mm. These oh, people aren't necessarily evil. They, they know what it's like to depart from the law. Mm -hmm. that, you, that our nation becomes under judgment. And so they, so they said, we've got to be adherents of the law yep. to, 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 get, um, to procure the blessings and yep. the national prosperity of Israel. Mm. Now you've got these other people who've raised up before Jesus said, come follow me. We've got a new yep. way. They died and they got executed and things like that. And Jesus comes along and says, I'm putting an end to the law. I'm bringing in a new covenant. Mm. And the Pharisees, when you hear that, what do you think they're going to think? Is yeah. another guy trying to get Israel? Yeah from under the law that they belong to mm. and bringing national shame yeah, exactly. and punishment to... It's like, that's not the way. It's not the way. We're going to kill him. Yeah. Have to kill him. Mm. So they couldn't see, even though the scriptures talked about it, it says these scriptures testify of me. That's what Jesus said to the mm. Pharisees. Mm. These scriptures testify of me, but you don't come to me. It's quite funny, yeah. He says the thing where he's like, well, if you've read your Bible, you would know that it says this. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, and well, you don't know the scriptures. Yeah, exactly. What? <laughs> What do you mean I don't know the yeah. scriptures? <laughs> By five. Yeah. And yeah, so you can see someone who's been, who's, their mind is so ingrained into mm. law, mm -hmm. it's impossible for them to think some other way. Yep. Now you've got the Apostle Paul who comes onto the scene, right? And you see him in the book of Acts and around Acts 8. Mm -hmm. Stephen gets stoned and the, mm. the clothes of Stephen, before he gets stoned and killed, gets laid into the Apostle. The scene changes and the Apostle was Paul. And he was breathing murderous threats to Christians because why? He was a Jew of the Jew and a Pharisee of the Pharisees. He understood mm -hmm. that we have to keep to the law. Otherwise, there's going to be national shame, national disgrace, and we're going to be put into bondage. We have to mm -hmm. kill all these Christians because they're leading the nation astray. Mm -hmm. But then he gets a revelation of Jesus. That's and good. now he starts preaching the gospel, yep. which is actually the way to righteousness and mm -hmm. blessing and to belong to God. 
and is telling these people, hey, listen, there is a new way of righteousness. Mm -hmm. I'm not ashamed of this gospel. Mm -hmm. It is the righteous God. It is the power of God unto salvation. Mm -hmm. For in it, the righteousness of God has been revealed, right? Yeah, it's good. So now you've got a whole letter of Romans trying to make the case that this gospel is better than the law. Mm. The whole book of Romans is that, right? Now, when you get to Romans 7, Paul talks about a nation trying to obey God's law and not being able to obey it. Mm. So this is the why we needed a new covenant. I'm just going to stop there for a second. Have you got any questions or anything like that? Because we're talking about renewing our mind. I'm just giving you the context of it. (laughs) No, it's really good. I think there's something that's really important in terms of like um, uh, just understanding that there was an old way of thinking about how to live. And I think that's exactly in terms of the context of what and how we think of um, laws now. Like it's just just ingrained in us that, oh, um, and I think it's actually been more of a recent thing because I think for a time, say it was, it was kind of like frowned upon. It's like, oh, you're sleeping around. Where now it's more of a thing. It's like, well, I can do whatever I want, yep. kind of thing, kind of my own truths. But in the same way, I think we've lost the idea of what it, what the law means, and we've just kind of come to the point of now. It's like, well, what's written down? Yeah, yeah. Like, what's what? Where does it say I can do this and I can't do? Yeah, this? exactly. Mm. And the problem with that is we're we're starting to we have been and for a while now and we see it in our culture now how it's destroying everything, yeah. and and just the idea of um, what it means to then have like an agreed law. Um, uh, it's like oh well if it doesn't say something I can find this loophole and that's okay because it wasn't written down and that's what matters is that it's written down not the heart behind what that actually means. Yeah. Sorry. No, it's all good. Um, hello. Um, this is oh wow. Okay, I could get emotional about this. Good. But I, so I'm I'm hearing what is being said. It is it is awesome, right? Yeah. I am so incredibly thankful for the law, though, because it tells me what I can do and what I can't do for when my spirit is dead or weak, and I need something. To submit, to tell my body, I need to submit to this. And I think that is really important. And even for me, and maybe this is just like, oh, wow. But because I'm not perfect and I go in and out of seasons where, you know, I am so spiritually alive and my spirit leads me into this submission that I don't even Mm -hmm. need law, quotation marks, because I'm so connected. Mm -hmm. But then there are times in my own walk with God where I'm not as disciplined and so I'm becoming slightly spiritually dead or deaf or whatever word you want to do. But it's been those laws that have been ingrained in my brain or mind that that lead me in the path so that I don't completely fall Mm -hmm. because it's them that are saving me when my spirit isn't strong enough to Mm -hmm. lead me, if that makes sense. Yeah, What, what you're talking about is if someone walks by the spirit, they become lawless. Yeah. And so the emphatic... Uh, teaching the Bible was actually no, you keep it at a higher level. Mm-hmm. So you, you don't get rid of the law and since there are no rules for mm. us to obey. Everything's free game. What the new covenant is saying is what Isaiah said is that I'll actually write my laws on your heart. You yeah, don't need them on a good. tablet anymore. Although what's the purpose of the tablet then? It's to show you what's in your heart. Mm. Does that make sense? So, mm. so when you try to do law according to your own strength, you're never going to be able to keep it. But when you read, okay, thou shalt not murder, that's the law. Yep, exactly. Right? That should not matter. But the new covenant is don't even call your brother a fool. Yeah, exactly. It's way higher than thou shall not murder. Mm-hmm. 
right? So what this new covenant is saying is you have a spirit inside you that can keep a type of life that is higher. Mm. I'd like to put it this way. If you walk in your spirit, you'll be able to keep the law on accident way better than someone in those days try to keep it on purpose. Mm, that's good. Wow, Love that. said. Yeah. This is the new covenant, right? Because mm-hmm. his laws have been put inside, his way has been put inside our heart. Mm-hmm. Now, does that mean we don't read the scripture anymore? We don't know. The scripture is there like a mirror saying, this is who you are. Mm-hmm. Right? So when you're spiritually weak, don't try to fight it. Go back to the word. Mm. Yep. Yeah, this is who I am. No, I do want to watch that thing on the internet. Mm. I do want to scream mm. at that person. So what is it? Do we just follow our feelings? It's saying that we walk in the spirit? No. Mm-hmm. We get back into the word and go, even if you call your brother a fool, mm. you're, you're, you're qualified for mm. the fires of hell. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's why we need the Bible and why I can't send Absolutely. people who are like, whatever, because I've got spirit or whatever mm-hmm. it is. And it's like, man, like... No, like it is, it is like it is a malways or however you want to say that it is. Like it is, it exposes what is right and what is wrong. We exactly. need that. Yeah. And not even just because I'm a, a rule, like I'm all for rules and obeying things and all that type mm-hmm. of stuff. Like that's just my personality. But at the same time, we actually need them. We are so flawed. And so in those moments where, yeah, we're not as strong because you speak to people and that's when we fail the most, when we're spiritually not as connected in Jesus, we're not walking in spirit where we need to know what we can do and what we can't do mm-hmm. yep. because otherwise we will fall and we'll end up making mm. a mistake and being like, oh, my gosh, I can't believe I did that. I thought mm. I would never do yeah. that. I'll, yeah. I'll say it again. If you're not reading the word and renewing your mind, you can't walk in the spirit. Mm. 100%. You can't walk according to God's ways. Um, well, I mean, you... You you maybe can, but it's really hard to because mm. your mind's being renewed either by social media, mm. um, yeah, or religious sex or what it was sects, yeah, S E C T S. People like things what? like that. But but I'll, I'll just keep going for a second because yeah. this yeah. this will explain what it means when Paul says, "Do not be conformed to this world." Mm. Yeah. So you got one thousand four hundred years of mm-hmm. this, and then all of a sudden Paul's saying there's a new way of righteousness. There's going to be people born again according to the Spirit. The, the Spirit's going to become alive again. That's what makes you a true Israelite. Mm. Now, when you're an Israelite, you're hearing that, you're saying, well, that's unfair. Yeah. You're telling me that generations past, we've been trying to keep this thing and God's just going to get rid of it. Mm. Like, think about that for a second. Yeah. Here's one thing that I want to let young people know when they're trying to bring change into a church, right? Is that it's very hard for a generation of people to let go of something, especially if they fought for it. If you fought for decades a way of doing a certain way of church and then a new generation comes and goes, let's just get rid of that, you're not thinking about the form. You're thinking about all the battles it took for you just to be right here. Mm. So it's very hard. So my suggestion for young people if you want to create change is leave what's already there and go after what you think is going to work and prove it that it works. Mm. Yeah. Right? yeah. Um, so in this, in this thing when Paul's saying there's going to be a gospel – which is righteous in a new way that's not according to the law. You've got Israel saying that's unfair. God is unjust in doing that. And mm. that's actually what Romans 9 is about. Ooh. Yeah, so cool. Romans 9 has been used. I've come from a Calvinistic um, and I won't go into that. <laughs> <laughs> but effectively it's used that God chooses some people to go to heaven and some people to go to hell. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. That would make sense if you read Romans 9 in isolation. Yeah, that's good. But if you read it in the flow of thought, what Paul's answering there is God can choose the Gentiles to be his people and he's not unjust in doing it. Mm. 
And the and and the and, and the person who is the Roman audience is saying, "Well, how's that fair?" Yeah. The Jewish people are the ones with the promises. We're the ones that try to keep it. And now yeah. you're saying people who have not even pursued God, they get mm. to have righteousness? Yeah. Give me a break. Where is that in the Bible? Yeah. Where does God get to choose like that? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Totally get it. It's like, Jesus, I serve you day after day after yeah. day, and yet you are giving this to that person who is not even following you. Yeah, that's what right. the heck? That's exactly right. So you've got... So you've I'm got, fleshly, guys. Leave yeah. me alone. <laughs> you've got people who have worked for generate thousands of years, and then all of a sudden you're saying that you're going to show love, I guess, to, to Gentiles people because they have faith? Where's that in the Bible? And Paul goes, well, it is actually in the Bible. Look at Esau mm. and Jacob. Mm. Yep. God chose to love Jacob and hate Esau. And they use, people use that verse to go, God hates some people. Yeah. That's not the point Paul's making. Yeah, exactly, He's yeah. talking about the fact that God can choose. Mm. And even Pharaoh, he hardened Pharaoh's heart if he yep. wanted to. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and people go, oh, well, God hardens people's hearts and he doesn't. No, that's not the point Paul's making. Mm-hmm. Paul's making the point that God can choose the Gentiles to be part of the vine. Because if you read through chapters 10 and 11, it says that God has implanted the Gentiles into the vine, which yep. is Israel. Yep. But he's cut off some people from the vine because they didn't accept Jesus. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's what predestination is. <laughs> here's a, now, here's the thing with, with predestination where people get confused because people thought that the church was an afterthought of God. Mm. Oh, and, interesting. And Paul's saying, no, this was predestined yeah. from the very start and the foundation of the world that the church would exist. He even gave you a clue when he told Abraham, I'm going to create a people mm, mm. Who, who are going to believe like you and who are mm. going to be born again. But you didn't see it, did mm. you? Mm. So these, this isn't God's second afterthought. It's not like it was Israel and law first and it's yeah, like, all exactly. right, maybe we'll create something else. No, the church, yeah. the people who have been born again was always God's intention. They were mm-hmm. predestined to be conformed to Christ. And we mm. use predestination in a way where we're like, you're predestined to hell, but you're predestined to heaven. That's not what Paul's talking about. Yeah, okay, that's the, good. The, the Jewish people call themselves the elect. Mm. But then Paul in his letters calls Christians, no, you're the elect. Mm. And so if we understand it in that context, then we understand God's sovereign choice, predestination. He's talking about church. Not He doesn't predestine people to go to hell. Mm. He doesn't say, it doesn't. it's like someone's born as a baby, beautiful baby, and it's like, yeah, that person's going to go to hell. No, <laughs> choice, no choice of them at all. They're yeah. going to go to hell. Yeah. It's not the way it works. Mm. He's talking about in the context of Israel and Gentiles. So now when you come to chapter 12, he goes, therefore, you Gentiles and you mm. Jewish people, mm-hmm. because you've been implanted into the same root, right? You had the same spirit, one mm. spirit, mm-hmm. one God. You've mm. been a new creation. Offer your bodies as a living sacrifice. Mm. But you need to renew your mind because where you've been conformed to thinking that the law is the way that you communicate with God. Here it says, do not be conformed with patterns of this world. The word there is aeon. It means age. Mm. And the age of that time was that the law and the new covenant were running side by side until the temple was going to be destroyed. It's going to be the final evidence that the old covenant's gone. Before that happens though, renew your mind. For 1,500 years, you've acted a certain way to God. That's Mm -hmm. over now. Yeah, You need to now renew your mind to the new covenant. How mm-hmm. do you walk in the spirit? Mm. What does it mean for the new covenant? What does it mean by righteousness, by faith? Mm-hmm. And as you renew your mind, you'll be transformed as someone who lives under the law to under the new covenant. Mm-hmm. And you will be transformed. Now, I know what you're thinking. How does that apply to us today? It's <laughs> <laughs> good. Yeah. Well, I, I think the cool thing about that is also like that's that's the idea of like that the law wasn't something that was created in terms of to just um, 
be the final thing. Like the, the idea was that the law was always created to point to something or a bigger reality. That's right. And that's the same thing as the temple was something that was um, as a temporary thing to show us and point us to something bigger. That was the same thing as the sacrifices that we made on the altar. That was not a sacrifice that was... Because if it was complete, we would always do... We exactly. would continue to do the sacrifices that exactly day, right. but so, they were finished. So you're thinking like that for thousands exactly. of years. Exactly. Right? I had to sacrifice my sin. Yeah. So when you become a Christian and you do something against God, you're like, oh, where's that lamb that I got sacrificed? Mm. Paul's saying, stop that. Yeah. Renew your mind now. Mm-hmm. You don't need any that was po- That was pointing to a new it was reality. Pointing to a new reality. Yeah. Now, it's not like we don't read the law at all, but we've got to understand that there's allusions to the new covenant. Exactly. So, what Paul here means, because we were talking about what does it mean to renew your mind, right? Mm-hmm. Just to get in the word. Yeah. Yes. But the word for the Jewish people under law is, it meant a different thing to the word for us who are in the new covenant. Mm. All the Bible is the word of God, but you need to rightly divide it. Mm. Okay. So, if you've got a law thinking, of I do this, I become righteous before God, is actually the natural way that our flesh thinks because it makes sense to our flesh. Yeah, yeah. Mm. And you can say you can say all the way, Lord, I did this for you. I did this for you. Where's my blessing? Yeah. You, you're literally talking out of a mindset of law. Yeah, yeah. Because the scripture says you've been blessed with every spiritual blessing yeah. in the heavenly places already. That's good. Mm. So, so the point, the point, and I'm going to make this really practical, right? Mm-hmm. So, because I know this is the big thing, and then how do we do it? The point that Paul makes is in this age, we're all thinking under the old covenant. We all are. And Paul got a revelation from Jesus Christ and he spent years in Arabia. So, I mean, I can go on for ages around this. I just don't want to focus it in. In Galatians, he says, before I went to Jerusalem, I went away to Arabia. Yeah, exactly. To process it all. Yeah, to process it all. Mm. To process the revelation. Exactly. Who else went to Arabia? I don't know. Moses, that's where Mount Sinai was. Oh, really? Yeah. I did not know this. So Moses received, Moses received the covenant on that's Mount Sinai in Arabia. And Paul's saying, yeah, I too went to Arabia and I received the new covenant. Effectively, what he's saying is just as Moses was the arbitrator of that covenant mm-hmm. to his people, I'm the arbitrator of this covenant to you, Gentiles. <laughs> yeah. It's in Galatians. I, remember, yeah. I didn't pick it up until I read it a few times. Mm-hmm. Because Paul talks about mm-hmm. uh, Mount Sinai as like Hagar, Hagar yeah, yeah. the children of uh, the old covenant. Like I said, uh, Romans 7 and 8 is kind of like a, a Galatians is like a, a, an outpacking booklet to mm. Romans 7 and 8. And it's good. So Paul here, he's got that revelation and now he's saying you've got to renew your mind. Now, when you renew your mind to the new covenant, you will get transformed. Like mm. it, it will transform you. Now, we come from a Gentile world, which means that we have values and systems that are more linked to uh, atheism, mm. spiritualism, Deism, yeah. uh, hedonism, um, new ageism. Oh, yeah. Right? Amen. So we bring all this stuff and then we bring it into the Bible as well. Just as much as the Jewish brought, people brought it into the new covenant, their mindset, we bring these mindsets into the new covenant. Mm-hmm. And so we start to isogetically read the new covenant through that mindset and we go, why doesn't Christianity work? Mm. The same exact message is for us. Yeah. Renew your mind to the new covenant mm. rather than new ageism. Deism, mm. works-based, I'm a mm. good person, mm. thinking philosophies. And Paul talks about that in Colossians mm. as well. Anything that takes you away from the new covenant in Jesus Christ, mm. get rid of it. It's not wisdom. Yeah. So how do you practically do that? You know, in your mind, right? Yeah. So we can go into the few steps that I've done to do that personally. Mm-hmm. But I want to hear from you guys a little bit more. Yeah. Gosh, that's so good. 
Um, <laughs> mate, do you want to go next or do you want... Um, I, I think, could just keep on listening and... <laughs> um, no, I think that's really good. I think for me, the I, I, there's, so many, there's so many things about that so many things about that that I agree with um, and I think we just, yeah, completely miss. And, and for me often, I, I, I just thought about it, I didn't think about it in those terms in, in terms of um, uh, the new ageism and stuff like that. I, I thought, I guess for me, I, I always used, usually spoke about it as like an individual thing, whereas we often, yeah, come, come and, uh, which, yeah, maybe is the same thing in terms of like we, we come walking with our own experience and expectations of what the Bible is going to answer for us. Like we come with the questions going, it's like, oh, well, um, should I, how, can I have sex before marriage? Oh, let's go and read and see what the Bible says about that. And the idea is we bring questions or um, even our own garbage, like, oh, I had, parents, not that I actually did, but just an, as an example, I had parents who, I don't know, um, were really not good parents. And so the idea is like, I then come and read and then um, have my garbage attached to that to a point where then I read the Bible through my own lens that is not um, actually um, faithful to what they're trying to um, get across or, or say. And then when we put it into practice through our own lens, um, we then go, oh, well, um, that didn't work or like that actually is really offensive because it, it's actually going against what I experienced or this or that mm. um, and not understanding what the new covenant actually is about and what it means when we say there is a new way and that new way is actually, well, technically a very old way, which is Jesus. Um, and if we, don't, if we don't comprehend that, if we don't actually come to the Bible going, it's like, well, what can it teach me? Like, how can it actually transform my mind, renew my mind mm. from the old patterns that I am bringing? How can I actually change and read the Bible in the way that it's calling me to read and understand it? Um, and one, one, I think that's very difficult to do, to, to remind yourself that it's like, hey, I'm actually bringing garbage and I need to keep that in check, that I'm not confusing that with what, how Jesus is calling me to live in terms of my new, um, the new creation. Um, and then second, I think the other thing is just like part of that is all about who you spend your time with and who you surround yourself with in, in doing that. Because if, you, if you're going back to the world, living your life and then you come back into the Bible, the thing is what that does is it, I, I think is part of that. If you're not part of a church, which I think is exactly what it calls you to do, if you're not part of the body of Christ, how can you expect to then continually walk in a way that calls you to mm. walk like Jesus. Yeah. Um, and so I think, well, well, I just realized that's exactly the thing of love, love the Lord your God and then love people. But the idea is just like, like if we don't do those things, how can we then even expect um, to have revelation in the Bible? Mm. All we're going to hear is condemnation because I'm not living that way. Um, so I, right. I, I, I guess for me, that's, that's the somewhat of... The things that I'm hearing you're saying and me trying to understand it in yeah. some way. <laughs> mm. But I think even just in those two things that you said, with firstly, people having a filter mm. to the way that they read the Bible, that is the danger of what we are seeing happen within society today, yeah. that too many people are their own translation of the Bible. 
you know, yep. like they are bringing their experiences and everything to the word of God. And so making excuses, and that is the truth of what you're doing, whether you like it or not, mm. um, to live in a way that best suits your needs and fleshly mm. desires. Yep. And so we need to understand that our experiences do create a filter which mm-hmm. change the way that we see and read into things. And that Absolutely. needs to be... Um, Wiped clean and given to God and we need to work through that yep. because... Mm. Or, or at minimum, at least be aware of what you, you are doing. Because um, I, think, I think there are helpful thought experiments in terms of um, the idea is like, oh, well, if, if, if my dad was really someone who, um, just as an example, I'm, yeah... Um, I'm sorry if this is intense, but say if your dad was abusive or something and then you read the Bible and it's like, well, if God was that kind of person, yep. that would actually, like, that's that's a really hurtful kind of, like, way to read the Bible. And, and if I did read it, or even if I am reading it like that, um, I think it's helpful to go, it's like, well, that's not actually, and, and being aware of that. Yeah. And, 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 I, and so... I think at minimum, yes, at least we need to, at minimum, we need to be aware of the game we're playing, of, yeah, the, yeah, of the things That's we're good. bringing. But the best thing I think could be is being able to, which is really hard, being able to go, it's like, well, these are my filters and the things that I'm dealing yeah. with. And yeah. then going, it's like, what yeah. is the Bible? Saying? And yeah. that takes a lot of proactive work yep. in yourself. Like we actually need to be humans who are learning yep. like we need to be learners like the moment that we stop learning is the moment that we have graduated ourselves to master yeah, yeah. and we need to be self-aware mm-hmm. and we need to be critical of ourselves and loving towards us in the way that we live our life mm-hmm. um and you know you hear many of times to use that example of you know having an abusive dad um people do struggle to relate to God as a dad if they've had a bad earthly experience mm-hmm. of one. Yeah. And so then you going through whatever it needs to be to be able to redeem that idea and allow yourself to be um, to experience Jesus as father. Renewed your mind. Yeah. <laughs> you know, is a huge thing. And I know yeah. for me that's definitely part of my story in mm. me being able to know that the word said this about God being my dad and so what happened to me in my earthly experience actually holds no weight, no yeah. weight because the word is, you know, the truth of all truth and the weight of all weight. Mm. Um, yeah. And then I think that can happen and mainly happens within the context of community. Yeah, 100%. And so because we, and by community I mean other Christians, not just some random boho, but, you know, we have, we need Christians, strong Christians who are walking in truth and spirit to be the people who mirror or who confront us with the reality of Jesus that we might not have caught up to yet. Mm. And so, you know, multiple times have, you know, Franco and I have spoken or Richard or Ben or whoever it is where they remind me of the reality of Jesus when I'm not able to see it for whatever reason. Mm. And so um, I can't stand people who continue to say I don't need to be, I don't need to go to church to be Christian. Like in some sense, like yes, but at the same time you are not going to be able to be accountable. Be accountable and live to the ways of Jesus yeah. on your own because 
Jesus knew we need people because we, yeah. we like we can't live on our own. Absolutely. And even just my own, you know, I've grown up in church, been a pastor at a church as a youth pastor, all that type of stuff. And leaving Wallen to yeah. then being in a nomad in a nomad nomad season. Nomad season of still finding church. Mm. Oh my gosh, I hated it. Like mm. I felt like and I'm a I'm not saying this in a boastful way, but I'm a very well-connected social person. Like I see people all the time and Mm -hmm. have these conversations. But, man, I still, like I felt like such a a hole in me not being Mm. connected in a church, Mm. like particularly a connect group. And I remember crying with my old youth pastor, like I need to get connected in a church. Like I just, like I'm going to church but I'm, I'm I'm feeling alone. I like I need my community. Like Mm. I need it. And so like. I was like, stuff it. I am going to this church. I asked to join a connect group. I started it last week finally. And oh my gosh, it was amazing. And yep. we're talking about Romans 12. Heck that yeah. was funny. Um, but it was so beautiful and it filled me so much mm. and it encouraged me to be more in the word. And as we were discussing things, like, but that's my spirit being knowing what I had and that I still needed it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, and yep. if we don't think that we do, I think our spirit is dead. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Yeah. You know, Ephesians talks about uh, before we knew Jesus Christ, we were walking in the fertility of our minds. And the word futile means the ability not to be able to produce any fruit. Mm. Desert wasteland, effectively darkness kind yep. of thing. And so Paul said the same thing. Renew the spirit of your mind mm. to them. And we live in a world where we need a renewed spirit of mind. Just on people being in community, I think it's incredibly important mm. uh, to be in community. Jesus washed his disciples' feet. Yeah, and it's a beautiful picture because when they, when they were washing their feet, and you, we all know the background of it, like it was the lowest job and yeah, things yeah. like that made for servants. He tied a waist, um, he tied his robe around his waist mm-hmm. and then he had a bowl of water as well. And he kind of came and with his own robe of, you could say, righteousness, mm. wiped the feet of his disciples with the water right beside him. And I think it's a beautiful picture in the sense that when we disciple people in the new covenant, we disciple people and counsel people knowing that firstly we're righteous, mm. right? But we're washing their feet, not their whole body. Peter said, you, then, you know, I don't want wash you to wash my feet. Wash my whole body. He yeah. goes, no, you've been made clean. I need to just wash your feet. And what's he saying? Mm. You are righteous. You've been made clean, but your walk gets dirty. Mm. We pick up things. We pick up Mm. thoughts. Mm. Your walk gets dirty. You're Mm. clean. Your spirit's been made clean. Mm. But lies enter into our head. Mm. Thoughts enter into our head. Thoughts Mm. about ourselves. Those things that kind of make us dirty. So how do we clean each other? We get the water of the word. Mm. And with us knowing that we're righteous... We wash Jesus it off, Christ. people. Oh, that's so good. Oh, man, that's man, so good. I'm addicted to drugs. No, you're not. I'm addicted to porn. No, you're not. You're, you're the righteous God in Christ mm. Jesus. If you need to do some work in your soul, 100%, that's not who you are, bro. Mm. I'm so dirty. I, 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 I'm, I'm, I'm lustful. I'm angry. I'm, I'm a liar. I'm a liar. No, you're not. Yeah. You've picked this up from somewhere. I want to know where it is. Yeah. Let's wash it off. What does the word of God say? All right, let's get the bowl mm. of water by mm. opening up the pages. And in my righteous, because I know that I'm righteous, mm. I'm empathizing with you, but I'm not sympathizing with you. Mm. I know that you're feeling hurt at the moment, right? But no, I can't understand what you're saying because you are righteous because I'm righteous and we put our faith in Jesus. Let's wash each other with the water of the word. Mm. What does the word say? Mm. Yeah. 
And even We're that, I think... That's so good. Oh, my gosh. I think... It worked for Jesus in how he did that because, like, obviously he was Jesus, but he was connected to spirit, you know? And, like, it, I don't know why my brain went this way, but if we are being, quotation marks, washed clean by someone who's not full of this, it's actually just going to drop on dry ground. Like it's not going to actually impart or inspire our spirits or stir our spirits at all. Hmm. And I, I just, I don't know why, why that came into my head, but I just like, like I'm sitting in this room just with us and I know that Ben, Franco, are spiritually connected to the vine and having the word transform them, that it's actually doing the work of discipleship, that it is challenging and inspiring me, which is why, like Franco and I were saying this before, that we love doing this podcast, not just for people, but we love doing it for us because what it does to us. And I just, I don't know, I guess that picture of what you said about Jesus, it worked because of who he was mm-hmm. yeah, and is. who he was connected to. And yeah. so in the context of just thinking about community, if we're not in the right community and it's just someone who's professing Jesus but not actually connected, it's not going to do something. And so if we're learning from someone and not seeing a change in us, yeah. you yeah. know, we need to look at that. It's like the thing is if, if, um, if your teacher or rabbi or like Jesus, if he was swapped by a person who was dirty or who was washing your feet with mud, um, the idea is he would just encourage the filth and dirt. Mm. It would be something where there would be a continuation of a deceit. Um, mm. um, and the idea is, yeah, if, if there is a person who is righteous, who who knows the way, the truth and the life, uh, and we walk in that, this is, isn't that the same or similar thing in terms of what Paul says where um, if you can't follow Christ, follow me yeah. because I yes, follow very, Christ. Very um, Yes. And, and the idea yes. is like for us, iron sharpens iron. We need to be people who can represent Christ well, who are always willing to be humbled because we know <laughs> that we are not Christ. Um, but at least if we live our best life following Christ, we can encourage and push people to do the same thing. Mm. Where so, we can be like, I was washed by Jesus. Come be washed by Jesus. Yes. It's interesting in that scripture, it says Jesus knew who he was and where he came from before he started washing people's feet. Really? Mm. Oh, that's so good. Oh, my gosh. So for me to properly counsel someone, I need to be established in these new covenant truths. Mm. That's what I think. So good. Right? This is just the the church way of doing things. And by the way, I'm not saying don't go to psychologists and don't go to counselors and stuff like that. Right? So I think there's definitely a place for that. Mm -hmm. What I will say, however, is the church also has a place in this in a biblical way too. Mm. And if people need the psychiatric, immediate emergency psychiatric help, my mind's going faster than my mouth, um, 100%. If you need to go to doctors, go to doctors. Um, but don't, as a Christian, take yourself out of this conversation of counselling people. Now, if you're not quite there yet or you've got your own stuff you need to deal with from a soul level, then please refer on to other people. But we can counsel people according to the word. Mm. Now, if we know who we are in Christ and where our spirits come from, and when someone says something like, I'm a liar, I'm a cheater, I'm a this, you're not going, well, maybe I am too. You're, you're looking at them and going, actually, you're not. Yeah. Your walk's gone dirty. 
Mm. Your mind's accepted a few things. Let's mm. see what. Let, let's see if we can wash you mm. of that. Paul says. You try telling that to someone. Your mind's gone dirty. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, especially, I'm just hearing. Like yeah. imagine being like, it's, hey, to like a young adult, and trust me, I've done it before. Yeah. Not like quite like that. You know, your mind's gone dirty, but. You know, I think there's something in you that is creating mm-hmm. a barrier and that's me saying it nicely that's stopping you from experiencing Jesus. And then it's like, Ooh, no, <laughs> like that's offensive. And I'm like, yeah, it yeah. is offensive because it's offending your like your flesh mm-hmm. right now. But this, this is the reason why it's offensive, right? Because every single person has a stronghold in their mind. Mm. And we, and Paul says in the book of Corinthians, the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. Mm. So, so we don't say... Hey, just get rid of this, or or have carnal, fleshly, that's right, human weapons, right? But our weapons are powerful to destroy every single stronghold mm-hmm. that's being put up oh, in people's go. minds. Now, people think the strongholds are like there's a stronghold in the city, there's a stronghold of demons there, and all. Mm-hmm. that's not where the strongholds are. That's not what Paul's talking about, mm-hmm. right? We're actually never told that to go and like I know this might be offensive to some people. We're not actually told to go into a city and take demons out of their strongholds. Yeah. Right? That's not what we're told. Mm. The reason why is because Jesus says that we've been placed above them in the book of Ephesians. Mm. They're not over us in the first place. They're under yeah. us. What we need to get strongholds out of is out the lies that are in our mind that have been planted there by this world and we've been conformed to. Mm. Things like you're not your identity, you're not your this, you are this, someone's spoken things over you. These are all strongholds. That uh, the reason why they're strongholds and they're protected is because they're protected by emotions. Yeah. So when you start touching a lie, you're not just touching the lie, you're touching the emotions you of the person and they will yeah. defend it. But the word of God is powerful in bringing that down and mm-hmm. we need to get our minds renewed. Mm-hmm. Someone who might not be feeling spiritual or who might be like, yeah, I've done this or whatever, they may have intellectually said, oh, yeah, I, I believe what the word of God says, but they've not allowed that word to destroy mm-hmm. yeah. their stronghold. Up, and it's painful because mm-hmm. generally lies are protected by emotions. Mm. That's good. Ooh. Through experience. That's really our good. Our lies are protected by our emotions. And, and that's the thing is, I, yeah, well, and that's, I think, the same thing in terms of I often think about um, when someone is still hurting from something, the idea is, and I think that's an important part about emotion, it helps it, it's a it's a it's a discerning factor and a thing that helps us live a life more fully. But the problem is we often like when we don't find meaning somewhere or when we don't know where to look. Often um, feelings can be something really easy to hold on to. And when we hold on to those feelings, we strengthen those um, strongholds. We we go. Uh, this is actually something that is important. And then the longer we hold on to it and don't work through it, but get stuck in it, like. The emotions build, the stronghold builds, and that's yeah. something that becomes really well. And we in actually some way make demonic. it a lot bigger than what it is. Hundred percent. Like this is something that has shifted my world, and so my truth has been formed by all the rest of exactly. it. It's like you've actually at, at one point you chose to hold on and let that be become um, your worldview. Yeah. And so no no matter what tries to come in and even Jesus to demolish that because your whole worldview has been set by that yep. false lie, yep. um, it's now protected by your emotions. And when someone, yeah, oh, my gosh, guys. When, um, when, the way the enemy works and one of his strategies is, is that when you have an event or a tragedy, mm. he'll try to slip in a lie. right? Mm. And it's usually not a flat-out lie. It's a half-truth. Yep. Yeah, exactly. Mm. All right? And so what happens is now the tragedy and the emotions of the strategies, tragedy is attached to that half-truth or a lie. Mm. And now that lie has been protected. 
mm-hmm. right? And the stronghold has been put up. Now, the stronghold and the walls aren't against necessarily people, but they're also against God. Because yep. it says here that every single thing that's been raised up against God, mm-hmm. right? And the knowledge of God. Mm-hmm. And so when you, when you sort of talk to them about it, they're like, yeah, it's, it's not a big deal or whatever. But when you start prodding with the Word of God and the Holy Spirit starts going, Actually, the Word of God is a light. It's a lamp. It exposes these strongholds. And He wants to brick by brick take these down to get that cancerous lie out of you. Yeah. When that happens, you start to become transformed. Mm. One of my favorite movies is uh, Good Will Hunting. Have you guys ever seen that before? No. Yeah. Okay. It's, <laughs> I, I, won't, I won't wreck Noted. the movie, but and I know we're kind of running out of time, so I'll yeah, make it good. quick on this one. Uh, but in the movie, it's about a kid who was abused when they were young, effectively, mm. or physically abused. Mm. And when he's telling a story... and. I apologize if this is a trigger for anyone who's listening to this as well. Obviously, I'm telling this for a reason uh, and, just, and it is sad. And so he's telling the story of like how he used to have an abusive father to a counselor and the counselor was Robin Williams. And so Matt Damon's a, the kid and the character and he says that my stepfather, whenever he used to want to be a bit cynical, he would lay down these things on the table and says, which one do you want to be smacked with today? So obviously horrible, right? And so this yeah. is my favorite movie because it just it goes to the core of just human hurting and things like that. And so he said to his father, so he'd, you know, put out a stick, a belt, a wrench, something like that, and he'd always pick the hardest one, okay, give me the wrench, just to oh. show his father-in-law he just doesn't care. Yeah. And so the council looks at him, and Matt Damon, and says, you understand it's not your fault, right? And Matt Damon, the character, goes, you understand it's not my fault, it's my dad's fault. And the council looks at him again and goes, it's not your fault. Mm. Mm. And Matt Damon says, yeah, I know it's not my fault, man, because it's not your fault. Looks him straight in the eye. Matt Damon says, what are you trying to do? It's not your fault. Mm. I know it's not my fault. What are you trying to do? It's not your fault. And Matt Damon starts breaking down crying Mm. because in that experience, he thought it was his fault, Mm. the way that he's being treated. Now he's put all this thing surrounding Mm. that. Mm. He shut people off in his life, which is the wall, Mm. and he shut you know, if you want to put it in a Christian context, God. Mm. And the council was brick by brick trying to tear that down and show him that he actually thought it was his fault. Mm. This is the way the enemy works in your life and the power of the word of God is the ability to heal that in mm. you. Okay, so if anyone's is listening, yeah. who's gone through a tragic experience but it's believed that, that the enemy's put that light to destroy you in your life, destroy your relationships, mm. your identity, your relationship with God, God through his word, mm. will, he's not going to expose you. He'll expose the lie. Mm. And then slowly and carefully like a surgeon, take down those brick walls and take that cancerous lie out of you and replace mm. it with truth. Mm. Yeah. Then you can bring a stronghold yeah. around that. Yeah. yeah, that's good. And I think that's where it's important that when we do go through things, our first response needs to be to go to God because the longer we – we, the longer it takes for us to run to him, the more actual healing he's going to have to do to redeem and transform and renew the thoughts that came in that experience that, started, that has started to um, uh, rewire your thoughts on who Jesus is and who he can be in your world. Yeah, that's good. Um, like, and I think we actually disservice ourselves so much when our first point of call should be always to go to God because he is everything that we need. And as Ben said, like, I'm all for counselling. I have one, like, you know, and it, and it has its place. But it always leads me back to God who helps with the healing. Yeah. You know, um, I think sometimes 
we need the help to see the things that we're not aware of and hopefully through that um a digression or whatever um, reveals the point of truth that we need to see and know and bring that to Jesus so that it is a revelation or le- rever- what's the word? Rever- Re- revelation. Revelation. Yeah. I, I, I think um, the way that I think about it is just there is physical help for physical problems, mm. but ultimately a, a lot of problems, especially today, of human history, most of the time the problem also stems from a lack of purpose or meaning. Mm. Um, And the only place you find that is in God. Mm. Um, And so for us to then start to like try and find identity in something besides that is so dangerous and causes so many problems. Mm. And I think this is, yeah, we were saying that earlier. It's just like why you see so many people suffering from so many things. Like we have unreal um, like – uh, statistics on how many people suffer from so many different things and it's just increasing every mm, day. Yeah. Um, and I think it's just a representation of how we're starting to try and do life without God and mm. just just by our own own truth or, or lie. Um, so, yeah, I, I'd be curious, Ben, um, you were talking about practical steps and how we do that. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. I'm just going to share with you, and this is a whole new other thing, yeah. but I'll, I'll share with you particularly um, – when I broke my ankle, mm. my mind went into an absolute fray. It was so yeah. funny. Can I just say? <laughs> like funny. He, he's just been vulnerable. His message in the chat was just, oh, I've never seen him so destroyed. <laughs> it was brilliant. The physical pain was nothing compared to coming off drugs from hospital and not sleeping for two weeks. That was, yeah. Wow. And so what happened in the midst of that, um, all the things around COVID and things started to, all this fear got stuck into the back of my mind. Mm. And I just remember crying out to the Lord and said, I need help right now. Mm. Like, I don't know what to do kind of thing. Um, And the Lord just told me, you need to renovate the back of your mind. And I knew exactly what that meant. Mm. Um, The Lord taught me this technique of assimilating scripture. Okay. Okay. So it's not just a devotional in scripture. It's actually making the scripture a part of you. Mm. Effectively, and the way he taught me to do that is through an actor, well, a preacher named Dave Robeson, and mm. he illustrated what Dave Robeson said to me by the actor, which is Anthony Hopkins. Okay, and so Anthony Hopkins, effectively, what he does is regarded as one of the best actors in history. His, you know, accolades of awards and how he does things, and he was in in an interview, and one of the interviewer said to him, "How is it that you present and produce such a commanding performance when you're on screen?" Mm. Is it method acting? And he actually looked at the report and said, I hate method acting. I don't think method acting should be used by actors and, I, and that's not something that I resonate with anyway. Because So what do you do? What is it that allows you to understand the intonations and the nuances and even ad lib when you know that it's within the script? Mm. And he said, well, everything is actually in the script. Mm. So everything I need to know about the movie is in the script. And he goes, all I do is I read it. 250 times. That's a lot. I read the script over and over and over and over again. And so I did the mathematics and what it would take someone (laughs) for a 40-hour week to read the script 250 times. And it's about like a month and a bit or two two months about. If if you read the script within about two to three hours or something like that. Yeah. And so what he said was that by the end of it, the script becomes a part of me. 
It's just something in my mind that's chemically yeah. fused now to the script. And effectively what he's saying is he's rewired his mind. To yeah. The so that mm. when it comes, he never forgets his lines. He's, he knows the lines of other people. Yeah. And he can ad lib if he wanted to and he'll never go too far from where the script says because mm. it's within him. Yeah. Mm. And the Lord said to me, if Anthony Hopkins can do that with a script, could you not do that with my letters? Mm. And so I started to open up Paul's letters and mm. I read Galatians 30 times. Then I read Ephesians 30 times. Then I read Colossians 30 times. Oh, that's so good. And what started to happen was not only was I memorizing scripture, I started to think like the apostle. Mm. Yeah, yeah. New covenant, right? So I'm not, I'm not going to Deuteronomy straight away. <laughs> yeah. Because if I did that with Deuteronomy, I'd be putting myself under thinking like the law. Yeah. So I'll go to Paul first because he is the one to the Gentiles. And then John, you can do the gospels as well. Yeah, I'm not yeah. saying you have to. But the thing about Paul is he has a revelation around righteousness in the spirit mm. and what happens after the death of Jesus Christ mm. yeah. to you when you put your faith in him. Yeah. So she started reading it over and over and over and again. And what the Holy Spirit started to do was he made my whole worldview from a scriptural worldview. Mm. I started judging everything now with scriptural yeah. worldview. I started mm. looking at my past through scriptural eyes. Mm. I started looking at the future and relationships and the problems that were happening through scriptural eyes. Mm. So I started renewing my mind. So it's very simple. The application is really simple. Yeah, Pick a book and That's read good. it over and over and over again. The reason why I didn't pick a passage of scripture is because the Lord told me that it'd be like trying to build a tree out of a leaf. Mm. And it's very yeah. hard to build a tree out of a leaf or to know what the tree even looks like mm. from looking at a leaf. However, if you look at the whole tree, yeah. then you understand where the trunk is in relation to the limb, mm. limb to the branch, branch, branch to the twig and twig to the yeah. leaf. Yeah. So to the fruit. To the fruit. And so all these passages in the scripture, they all meld into one thing. Mm. And then when you start reading the scripture over and over and over again, I've renewed my mind yeah. to a certain extent. Yeah. yeah. When I stop doing it, then the world renews my mind. Yeah. yeah. When I keep doing it, I renew my mind. But That's that cool. is how simple it is. Like, I'm sorry, guys, I needed to get this out in this in a, in a, in a flippant episode. But Jesus, gospel, all of it, like, it's actually so incredibly simple. Mm. And I think, like, scripture is so clear on what it takes for us to be transformed in the ways of God, to live a life that is holy and pleasing to him mm -hmm. and it all goes back to his word and it being something that you meditate on day and night like mm. there's just there's no talking around it it doesn't matter how many leadership books you're reading or how many other spiritual books that you read and I'm all about reading like I've got a bookshelf full mm. of them and I love them but it's the scripture that actually transforms my world and it's all the other stuff that just helps me be more self-aware that might teach me different things along the way but the transformation happens from the word and it is that simple and so yes. either you want to choose to be um to be before jesus to mm. allow your world to be transformed by him and you will do what is necessary for that yeah otherwise you will just live a life that is not fulfilling that is so disappointing and get to heaven one day and be like holy crap what have i done with my life yeah yeah and it, and it takes work. It, oh, 100%. It, it, it's a, so and the, it's hard. There's plenty of but times. It's simple. Yeah, there's plenty of times when my flesh was like, I don't like your word, Lord. I just don't like it. In the mornings, I'd rather be on Facebook and Instagram. Yeah. But you've got to understand, mm. when you're on Facebook and Instagram, that's renewing your mind mm. to the world. Like, mm -hmm. if people are like, oh, I don't know why I'm feeling so depressed, it's because it says in Romans, mind set on the flesh is death. Yeah. Mm. Or that, look 
at the person you're spending most of your time with. Yeah, I would right. be depressed too. <laughs> Shot. Now, I'm not, I'm not saying that's the only cause of depression, but it says a mindset on the flesh is death, but a mindset on spirit is life and peace. Mm. So the more that I started reading the New Covenant, and I started in the New Testament first, mm. and I, the more I established myself in that, and the more it was going through my mind, mm. the more that my mind was taking root, and are starting to create strongholds of truth in my mm, mind. Now yeah. I can go into the Old Testament with a new covenant perspective and know what applies to me and what doesn't. Mm. And that's what Paul means when he's talking to Timothy. He says, be, be a worker who knows how to rightly divide the word of God. Mm. That's good. That's really good. Love that. Guys, seriously, like. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. I hope you guys feel as uh, challenged and um, I don't know. Can I just say one more thing? When someone, whenever I hear someone, I tell people oh, I've read the book of Galatians 30 times or whatever like that. So yeah. I can always hear, oh, good for you. <laughs> kind of like, thing, right? There are levels to this thing. Like yeah, you're never going to tell someone go run a marathon. Yeah, right? no. Read it once. But yeah. I would say read the whole book through once. Yeah. Mm, Don't yeah. just pick spots because all you're doing is you're trying to make certain verses fit into the universe or ecosystem of your own thoughts. Yeah, exactly. Mm. Rather just get rid of the whole ecosystem of your thoughts and replace it with God's ecosystem. Mm then you'll understand those little verses are like seeds that belong in that ecosystem mm. and it can grow well. Mm. good. Yeah. Okay, so just start with one book. Yeah. And then just read it again and read it maybe two, three times. That's it. It's 15 minutes mm. uh, in Ephesians. Yeah. Right? But as you keep on doing that, just go from book to book. So Ephesians three times and go to Galatians or go to 1 John or mm. James. Mm. Right? And then just go back. Mm. Yeah. That's what I did. So sometimes I just couldn't read it too much. Just read it 10 times. Then I went to other books. Then I came back. Mm. And you'll start to create... You'll replace your thoughts with God's thoughts and it's a wonderful life. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah so and good. I know that experience that I had in COVID where I was really convicted to read more of the Word of God and I went straight into Acts. Yep. It was That was really, that set a chain up of events in my life where I felt I had never, I don't know if never is the right word, but I had felt so incredibly alive and then I went on that train of I'm, I'm in love with Paul. I want to yeah. marry Paul. Um, <laughs> and I started reading all the other letters because I was like, my goodness, like it was it was revolutionary. Like it was just like, yes, this is correct. Yes, oh, my gosh, it's so easy. And there was this such this hunger in me that was so thirsty and wanting more. Like it's okay. We're going longer. I feel like it's worth it. So, yeah, 100%. Um, yeah, like if someone's turned this off already, mate, they're dry. No. Nah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so you hearing this, yeah. you're not. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. But, you know, like it was, and I think like Franco could probably attest to it for me, but just it was, it was, the, it was this chain of events that just set up this effect mm. in me that mm-hmm. just was changing the way that I thought and saw and acted. And so my next door neighbor was no longer just an inconvenient person that I had to nod my head to, but was yeah. somewhere that I can witness to and yeah. hopefully Brand. find ways to connect them with Jesus. Yeah, can, can I just say as well, just on that, um, we talked about the soul and the spirit. And now mm. when you renew your mind, which I believe, now there is a mind of Christ, which belongs in your spirit. This is a bit complicated. I won't go mm. into this. Yeah. And there's also a spirit in your mind. Um, okay. And then there's your mind, <laughs> oh my uh, which I think, so if we're going to look at the mind as the soul having three aspects of mind, will, and emotions, mm. there's actually a hierarchy in the way that your soul mm. works. Mm. A lot of us think that we are will rational beings. We're actually not. We're more emotional than we are will mm. rational. 
We well, really that's, are. That's why we do things that we don't want to do. Exactly. Right. Yeah. <laughs> that's right. Because you you feel like eating that burger. Mm. Not mm. really the celery stick, right? Yeah. <laughs> but then luckily God has given us rationality because if we were just emotion, oh. we'd be going like – so there are points in your rational which breaks the circuit a little bit and goes, no, actually that's not right. Yeah. But the hierarchy, I think, goes mind, emotions, and then will. Yeah. This, that's what I think. That's why the scripture, I don't think the scripture says renew your will or renew your emotions because mm. it knows that if you can renew your mind, mm. which means replacing your mind with God's thoughts, mm. your emotions start getting attached to those truths. Mm. And then as your emotions start getting attached to those truths, you may start making decisions mm. according to God's way, according to that's your right. will. And then your whole life changes. Yeah. Mm. And that's where you have those experiences where like um, you're like, oh, I don't think I want to do that anymore. Yeah. I don't feel like I should watch this or yeah. say this or joke about this. The, the practical uh, example of that is people that are hooked on, um, let's say, watching things on the internet, mm-hmm. right? And they through their rationality and will go, I'm, well, we'll stop this for Jesus. <laughs> it's almost a zero-sum yeah, game. It it's a losing yeah. game. What I prefer you to do is to go into the word and even if you don't feel like it, just start replacing your thoughts with God's mm. thoughts. Mm. Yeah. And over time, over time, your emotions to that thing on the internet is going to be like, oh, it's kind of gross. Mm. And then you're going to start making will decisions when your emotions get really attached to God's word yeah. and truth, right? Yeah. It's going to be like, I will never, mm. ever look at that again. Why? Mm. Because I have God's thoughts, my emotions are attached to his truth yeah, and I'm making a decision for yeah. the Lord for the rest of yeah, so so I think that's true. the way it works. Come on. Yeah. Come yeah. on. That is brilliant. Yep. I hope that was encouraging because if that wasn't… Um, Heathen. You, well, sorry. Um, but <laughs> Guys, you know I love you all. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Ben's well, dying. Yeah, just thank you, Ben, for that. That was yeah, amazing. Yeah, um, so good. And so many um, things to just think about, um, ponder on. Definitely, definitely very encouraged to um, read more of my Bible, mm. um, to just, yeah, spend time actually um, looking at what the Word says and being able mm. to put that in a place where I can just practically go, you know, this is this is what it says and this yeah, is my truth yeah. and this is who I am. Yeah. There's a part of me that wants to refer everyone to a book, but <laughs> after what we've just said, <laughs> I am stopping what well, I'm saying the, and not going to refer anyone to a book but the Bible. I was about to <laughs> so, say, the book that you're referring to is the Bible. Well, yeah, I don't want to refer someone to an like a book written by a person who just spoke about a few things that Ben did, but I'd mm. rather refer you to the Bible because... You know, this podcast really is um, wanting to have discussions and pull apart and explore, but mm. eventually um, allow the Bible to be fully alive in all of our hearts. Mm. So, yeah. Um, we yeah. want to explore and be honest with our understanding of the Bible. And um, hopefully this podcast is a place where you guys can both see our minds being renewed and also a place where your mind is being renewed, um, where we can become um, people who don't just say we believe in Jesus, but actually um, see the new way that Jesus mm. has called us to live and mm. live in a place where we can actually call people to live in the same. Yeah. Um, where we can wash their feet just like Jesus washed ours. Yeah, so um, good. Yeah, it's good. All right, guys. We love you heaps. We'll see you soon, I'm sure. Ben, we love you and thank you very much for joining us. Thanks, guys. been an awesome pleasure. <laughs> love it. it was so good. Love it. All right. Bye, guys. All right. See you. See you guys.